0: Freedom Sunday, the first principle of freedom, the first key to freedom is you have to make a decision not to settle. For less than God's promise, not to settle for less than God's best. God's promise was Canaan. God's call was Canaan. God's deliverance was Canaan. God's assignment was Canaan. God had a word for terror, but he settled for the past. He settled for, he let his emotions govern him and he settled for less. Do you know how many people, God wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have a great family. He wants you to be the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. But so many of we settle for broke. We settle for dysfunction. We settle for abuse. We settle for for a spouse that's that's cheating, infidelity. We 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 settle for a terrible marriage. We settle for poverty. We settle for never having a home, never getting ahead because our past is, "Well, there's always been de- debt, and there's always been welfare, and there's always been dysfunction, and there's always been alcoholism, there's always been abuse." And you know, my dad and mum got they got divorced, and their parents got divorced, and this is just how it is. Stop. Settling, the first thing you got to understand is that you die where you settle. You die where you settle. I hope you get triggered when you come to church. If church is not tweaking you, we're not preaching the Word. Leanne and I read the Bible every day. It's so funny. I'm with the most beautiful woman. Drinking Invida coffee, best coffee in San Diego. So I've got the best coffee and the most beautiful companion, and then the word kicks me right in the I'm like, ow! Come on, God. Every day is like every day. I'm like, why would you? Because you're so jacked up in so many areas. If the word's not triggering you, then we're preaching some woke topian gospel. I, We love you too much to give you Woka Cola. We want to give you the Word of God. And the Word of God will trigger you. It'll mess you up. It'll jack you up. It'll tweak you in all the right ways. Why? Because we're trying to say, don't settle for what the world gives you. They made this stupid movie years ago in Hollywood called As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson. And the whole premise of the movie is, hey, 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 whoa, why don't you lower your standard? What if this is as good as it gets? Just settle for dysfunction. Just settle for broke. Just settle for broke. You don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for nothing. Many many years ago, when we lived in New Zealand, New Zealand was was a, a wonderful season for us. We would never choose those seven years, but looking back, we would never change those seven years. It, the, the, some things are only birthed in pain, in difficulty, in struggle. That there are just some things that you w- lessons you would not learn. I have found that even though, the, you know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and we think, oh, that's so beautiful. I've actually found that my the reason it's in there is because my precondition is to seek last God. First, I'll go to the bank, I'll go to a broker, I'll go to a friend, I'll go to a relative, I'll go to everybody to try and get something solved, and then finally, last ditch it, well, I might as well go to God. And it's like, that's why I put in there, seek ye first. Yeah, but I just thought... Anyway, and so so we go to God. So, long story short, we we I I knew I knew I knew what God had put in my heart for my beautiful bride and my two little boys. Of well, in fact, she was pregnant with number two, with Ash. And we bought land. We bought it. We God got, did a miracle. Got us a home. We flipped it for double what we paid for it. And then we bought land and we're building a home. And we trusted a guy in the church who, you know, had all the credentials, and he says, you know, this is what I do, and I can build you a home, and so we just thought, well, we don't need to get a contract. He's a Christian. He's got a fish on his car. Hello. (laughs) He wears a cross. He even led worship in church. I'm like, the guy's a Christian. He was talking all the praise the Lord. Hallelujah, brothers, and uh, halfway through, we realized he's taken all the money, and we don't have a finished house, and Ash, his birth, was imminent, and I have an unfinished house and no money. So I had to learn how to, how, very quickly, how to, how to do construction. I had to learn how to do plumbing, electrical work, and I'm colorblind, which is not good when red is meant to go with red and green is meant to go with green. I can't tell you how many times I'm z- z- zapped. And uh, I had to learn very, very quickly how to pour concrete in stairs, how to set stairs and footings and everything else, Um, We did have a pipe that we forgot that ran through um, one of the cupboards. It was meant to be, but we forgot about it. But anyway, it is, it's, anyway, dear Jesus. The house we got into, we put a shoe rack over it to hide it. Um, We got into the house. We got into the house. We got into the house through a series of miracles, you know. Anyway, we got into the house. And so we had this big, mountain of debris out the front where we just, you know, through, you know, all the broken roof tiles, broken bricks, you know, pieces of two by fours that were cut off there, you know, debris, steel, whatever was just, it was just there, buckets there. And, and we didn't have any more money because we didn't have any money to finish the house. And we certainly didn't have the $10,000 that was required to put lawn and plants and, and finish the yard. And so every day I would just, okay, God, you know, I need you to remove this mountain. The Bible says it, you can speak to this mountain. And if you don't doubt, but believe in your heart that whatever you say, it shall be done for you. You know, faith is a mustard seed. And I'm like, God, I've got at least faith as a mustard seed. It's a tiny little seed. Are you insulting me here? Like, I've got at least that, probably more. It's probably more like a pumpkin seed, but I'm just going, all right, I'm going to be humble myself. It's a, it's a mustard seed, whatever. So every day I would pull out of the driveway and I'd say, be thou removed. And and I'd be like, okay, and don't look at it again. Like, just believe, just believe. And I'd just like, just believe. And then I'd I'd come home that afternoon and I promise you, Dr. Matt, as I'm turning the corner, I'm like, guess what? It's it's gonna be gone. It's gonna be gone. And I'm gonna pull in the driveway and Leanne's gonna come out. Leanne's gonna come out and she's gonna be wearing that beautiful red dress. And she's gonna sing, because I'm your lady. And you are my man. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking, and I'm like, babe, why the why the romance? I'm not saying no, but I'm saying, why? And she's gonna say, babe, you're not gonna believe it. A tornado coming, and, and the whole thing. We don't know where it is, but it's no longer here. That's what I'm thinking. But every flipping day, it's getting worse and worse and higher and higher. It's blocking the view. We can't even see the neighborhood because of how high this debris thing is. In the winter, there was snow on top. Snow on top. We had Japanese tourists. Oh, take photo, take photo. No, that wasn't happening. That didn't happen. I wish that happened. That didn't happen. We had Sherpas trying to climb it, but the air was too thin. The air was too thin. They can, Everest they can do, but not my, and so, see, it was an eyesore. It was an eyesore. So this one day I'm, I'm reversing out of my driveway I'm rever- and I'm having, I'm having this moment, I'm reversing out of my driveway and almost hit my neighbor's seven series black BMW. You know, and Leanne used to work at McDonald's and this guy owns three McDonald's and, and I had, you know, he had to toot so I didn't hit him. I had to apologize and, and I'm looking at, you know, his yard is perfect, the, the house on the other side, their lawn is perfect. Mine's got this giant ugly eyesore on the front lawn and I'm just like, and so I've just had it. So I just pull over. And I said, God, what the is going on? I've been telling you, I've been praying, I've been prophesying, and the flipping mountain's still there. And as clear as God's ever spoken to me, he says, do you know why that giant mountain's there? I'm like, yeah, well, it's not because of my faith. (laughs) And he said, the mountain is still there. Nothing has changed. No landscaping has been finished because it's acceptable to you. And I'm like, oh, M goodness, have you not been listening to anything I've been saying? Every single, and then he so showed me, he just ignored my di, my diatribe right now. And he just began to just reveal in my heart and he began to show me in my heart where at least we have a home. Our home is nicer than all the other pastor's homes. We live in a much nicer area. At least I own it. I had all of these paradigms that the world will give you to set. I had accepted less than God's best. So I turned the car around, went back into the driveway, went in, and I grabbed my beautiful Leanne and I said, baby, I need you to understand the reason that you live in a house with that giant debris that you're embarrassed about, that I'm embarrassed about, is because I'm still so broken from being beat down so long that I lowered my standards. I, I mean, I would talk a big game. I would prophesy a big game. But in my heart of hearts, I have accepted this. And I realize when I look at some of the people in my church, they would never accept this. This would be unacceptable to them. But I realize it it's, was acceptable to me. So I said, I'm going to repent. And so I repented there and I prayed and I said, God, this is no longer acceptable. I get to work at lunchtime. An idea comes into my head about accessing $10,000 that I'd completely forgotten about. And then I get a phone call that day from Kobe Van Geest, this beautiful Dutch lady in our church, and they said, listen, uh, we've driven past your house a few times. <laughs> <coughs> Mateen, our son, says, why don't I go around there with a the truck and our tractor and just clean all that up? We can use some of the debris if we crush it for our road, and we can use the wood to, to burn for, for fires on the farm. Would you mind? And I said, let me pray about it. (laughs) Yes. Please come and do it immediately, at once. (laughs) What changed? It was my mindset. It was where you settle is where you die. What are you settling for? What are you settling for? What are you settling for? The reason you're the smartest people and the reason that you, you lean into pain on a Sunday is because the word of God will un, unsettle you. If it doesn't move you, it won't move you. Wow. You, you. You'll never get to where God, it has to move you. Terror got moved, but he couldn't get, he couldn't cut the cord from the grief, from the pain, from the loss, from the trauma, from the discipline. I know people that are still angry with God because of something that happened in 72. Angry with God for something, for a disappointment. They they made vows, inner vows, I'll never trust again. I'll never go into business again. I'll never get a partner again because of something. you've, You've got to cut the cord. Stop living with that. Stop coexisting with that. Don't settle. Number two, number two. Don't let the pain of your past eclipse God's promises for your future. Don't let the pain of your past eclipse God's promises for your future. Now, the Bible says this, and the Bible is brilliant. The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three, every word is established. One of the things that we've noticed as parents is that your your position in parenting is is voice number one. So you will tell your kid, hey, listen, listen, Uh, you need to brush your teeth. You will tell your kid, you need to, thou stinketh. (laughs) Thou shouldeth, weareth, deodorant, cologne, something, the stench. I know you love sport. I know you love sport. But you can't wear those sweaty clothes day after day. They've got to go into the washing, and you need to take a shower. I know you don't like shower. I know I know you love all the yellow in your teeth and your hair kind of sticking together with sweat. I know you love that. And 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 you 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 don't know anything cuz you're the parent. You don't know anything. Oh mom, get up my bed. You know. And so and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they hit teenage years and they stink even worse. <laughs> but then they look and they see the opposite sex and they realize hmm I like what I see and then someone says to them well if you like what you see you can't have because thou stinketh and then all of a sudden we're like where are they we are late for church and they come out I'm like oh my god I don't even know who you are like dad I'm your son did you steal my cologne? Well, I borrowed it. <laughs> what were you doing so long? My hair? We've been telling you that for years, yeah. But my buddy, he said. Oh, your buddy said? And you listen to him? What? So, so there's just a law that parenting's difficult because you're you're that number one C. They ain't gonna listen. But everything, everything has an amen. Here's the problem. When you have loss, when you have disappointment, when you have betrayal, when you go through a divorce, when you go through, that thing will say to you, this was broken, this was wrong, this was difficult, this was. The amen, though, is the pain that you feel. You will feel the pain of loss. You will feel the grief of loss. You will feel the sadness of the loss, of the lost opportunity, the broken business, the betrayal, whatever. And they become two. And so in the mouth of two, every word is established. So the pain many times serves as an amen. I won't trust again. I won't step out again. I won't do that again. I won't do this again because the pain is saying, hey, remember the, 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 the story. Remember the situation. Terror camps because he can't. The pain of the past ties him to the past. The reason we have a recovery Ministry is because we know that most people try to get free. They 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 want to turn over a new cliff a new leaf. They 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 go into January one, saying, "Okay, this year is my freedom. The year this year, I'm not going to repeat." But unless you cut the cord, unless you break the amen, you've got to break the and the only way to break the amen from your past is you've got to come over here and lay a hold of God's promise for your future. Now, let me just tell you why it's difficult. The reason it's difficult is because the pain screams 100 times louder than the promise of your future. Let me explain. Elijah is surrounded by pain and devastation. The land is ransacked under the the malevolent and the, the wicked leadership of Ahab and Jezebel. She is slaughtering all the prophets of the Lord. He has to have a showdown on Mount Carmel, him against 450 prophets. And the Bible says we find him hiding in a cave, fleeing for his life because Jezebel wants to kill him, and he is suicidal and depressed. And he says to God, God, I alone am left. I'm the only prophet. They've torn down your altars, and they've torn down your... your your. your uh, Worship in the land, and they've replaced it with the worship of Baal and the worship of Asherah, and they've killed all your prophets. I alone am left. And the Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. Some translations say, In a whisper. What was loudest in his life was the devastation of his land. But here God whispered, What are you doing here, Elijah? God comes in a whisper. Why does God whisper? because while the devil is shouting while while your emotions are screaming don't trust again don't step out again don't forgive don't launch out again god comes with a whisper because his word doesn't need amplification. His word doesn't need to be shouted. His word, whether it's whispered, whether it's spoken, or whether it's shouted, makes no difference. His word has power. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God doesn't need to shout his word. He doesn't need to amplify his word. He just speaks his word. And so in, in this life, you need to understand that the, the screaming of of your past the pain of your past will scream but if you can just lean into the whisper of god i can't tell you how many times i've sat and just the, the still small voice of god will come if you go to god's promise for your future it'll break the amen of the pain of your past put your amen with what god has it may come just as a whisper people say man that's impossible that can't happen you can never prosper you can never flourish your business will never get out of debt you got too much debt you got too much student really you're going to now give you're going to now start tithing dr daddy don't you see all this insurmountable debt? but as soon as you go you know what i'm not listening i'm breaking the amen between the disappointment and the pain of my past and i'm going to lean into the whisper of god's promise for my future god doesn't need to shout god just speaks and it happens somebody say amen. amen the third one number three is let faith not feelings be your pilot let faith, not feelings, be your pilot. Your feelings are attached to your experience yesterday. Yesterday, Leanne and I were sitting somewhere. I was sitting in a cafe, and a song came on, the soundtrack, Yesterday, Yesterday. It's a Beatles song. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe yesterday suddenly oh, oh what's going on suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be you've lost weight like dr. Matt there's a shadow hanging over me oh yesterday came suddenly why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say well obviously there's a communication breakdown she's not speaking <laughs> I said something wrong, now I long for yesterday. Yes, I mean, it's the most, I'm listening to it, it's the most depressive song. I mean, honestly, the Prozac should make that their theme song. Sales will go through the roof. I never thought I needed it. I just sang your theme song. I want some. I need a little hit here. But it's amazing. It was like one of the Beatles' number one selling songs because there's a proclivity in us where where we'd rather rehearse. We'd rather rehearse because it... Now, listen, what you rehearse, you don't reverse. What you rehearse, you repeat cycle in your life. So that's why the Bible says to meditate in the Word. What is meditating the Word? Literally, God says, listen, I don't want you to rehearse the pain of your past. I want you to rehearse my promises for your future. I don't want you to let feelings get into the cockpit of the plane and, uh, folks, uh, this is your captain. Where we're going today, you've been many times. We're not going anywhere new. You may want to strap your seatbelt on because you know this gets turbulent. Oh, yeah, it gets ugly. We're just repeat cycle. We're just flying around in circles. We're just reliving the past again and again. Oh, that poverty? Yeah, get ready for another year of poverty. Oh, you put offers on homes and you didn't quite qualify? Yeah, get ready, that's going to happen again. Oh, you've had one broken relationship after another? It's just going to happen again, folks. You know what, you need to get rid of the freaking pilot. I'd be like, you know what, you are fired. You are terminated. They're terminating you. You need to terminate the pilot. Get feelings, nothing more than feelings. Get feelings out of, the, out of the cockpit and put faith in the cockpit. Faith is about an expectation for tomorrow. Faith doesn't rely on feelings. But can I tell you, feelings are so flippant. The feelings are so, oh my, you can't. Feelings will follow faith. Did you know that? Faith never follows feelings. Faith, faith is the alpha on the, school, on the schoolyard. Where are you going, faith? Wherever I want. Can we come too? Sure, feelings. But faith never follows feelings. Feelings like, hey, we're going to go over here and do this. And faith's like, yeah, that's stupid. I ain't going that way. Why are you following feelings? Follow faith. Do you know how many people have sat in our office crying because they followed their feelings? Now, I know if you watch Star Wars, Luke, trust your feelings. Shut up, Obi-Wan. How to go with Anakin? Exactly. Stop trusting feelings. Follow faith. Whose faith follow, the Bible says? Whose faith follow? You follow faith. Put faith in the cockpit. What is faith? Faith is the promises of God. They come to you in a whisper. But every Sunday, we're going to rehearse the whisper. We're going to give you the whisper. You, you begin to say, hey, I'm the head, not the tail. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He maketh me lie down in still beside green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Begin to begin to rehearse the promises of God, begin to rehearse the the declarations of the goodness of God. David said this, I would have despaired, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of living. I would have despaired, I would have lost heart, I would have given up if I just listened to my feelings. But there's a word that comes from heaven to rescue me, to deliver me, to bring me into liberty, to bring me into freedom so that I would have despaired unless I believed the Word of God, that I would see the goodness of God. God, put your eyes in the front of your head because you're meant to be a forward-looking creature. So many of us spend all of our time looking back at the past. Don't look at the past. Look to the future. Let the Word of God lead you out of bondage, out of struggle, out of lack, out of grief, out of addiction, out of pain, out of sorrow, out of dysfunction, and let it lead you. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands high to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. This young man here with the, the sunglasses, lift, just lift your hands. I just, I just heard the Lord say to pray for you. Just lift your hands high to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what I hear God saying. Right now, it's like God is coming at you, almost like a like a speeding freight train. And it can seem a little be overwhelming right now. But I just hear the Lord say, you tell my boy, you tell my son that I'm going to hold, I'm going to take him by the hand and I'm going to lead him. And the Lord says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. In the past, if something happened, you had to make it happen. In the past, what was handed to you was less than acceptable. But you and your strength had to deal with grief. And you, you and your strength had to deal with sorrow, had to deal with loss, had to deal with disappointment. And if something came to pass, it was because your hand made it come to pass. But it's, it's tiring, it's fatiguing. And I just hear the Lord say that 2024 is not gonna be more of the past. 2024 is gonna be more of my promises of my goodness. And God is taking you by the hand and He's leading you into blessing into breakthrough. This year, you're going to lift your eyes and you're going to look around and you're going to realize my hand did some, but the Lord did all. My hand did some, but the Lord did all. How good is God. You're going to rejoice in the goodness of God. This year is a a year of blessing and a year of breakthrough for you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. All right. Any, any businessman or businesswoman in, in the building, I want you to lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. I want you to say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, today I break every alignment, every agreement with poverty, with lack, with struggle. It is no longer acceptable. I receive your blessing. I walk in prosperity and abundance. The Bible says that the blessing of Abraham rests over my life, that I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare this year is a year of freedom financially in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, give God a great praise. Give God a great praise. Give God a great praise. In a moment, I'm going to open the altars, but I just just heard the Lord. In fact, Dr. Brian, is it you and your beautiful Sarah? Could you guys hold hands? Just hold hands. I I love the rice wigs. How many people love the rice wigs? (laughs) They're just magnificent people. And I just heard the Lord say, just speak over Brian and Sarah. Speak over Brian and Sarah. Speak over their girls. Speak over their family. And the word of the Lord that I heard was, you guys you know, we all say, Dr. Brian, Dr. Brian, Dr. Brian, but we know there's no Dr. Brian without Sarah's support and Sarah's love and Sarah's releasing and Sarah's championing and Sarah's challenging over the years and all of those things. He, he is what He is because of what God has put together. And I heard the, Lord of the word of the Lord say, you tell them there's a harvest coming this year. There's a harvest coming this year. And there's, there's something that God put in your heart many, many years ago, something that you've always wanted, Sarah. And the Lord would say, 2024, it's gonna be actualized. It's gonna, and I just hear heaven releasing it. God watches everything. He sees how busy your your husband, he sees the, the sometimes the pace and the frantic, and we need to take a break. Well, I can't take a break. Who's gonna run the and all of those things? And the Lord sees all of those things, and He's a magnificent man. But the Lord always compensates, and the Lord always restores, and the Lord always blesses. This year is going to be the greatest year for your marriage, for your family, in every facet. It's it, you're, you're about to. St- I just see you're stepping into, and all I see is that the grass is green, that the river is flowing, and the water is sweet and still. It's the Psalm 23. This year you're going to see, and your song will be, "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." And I see you spinning and dancing in the goodness of God. It's your year. It's your year. Blessing over them, blessing over them, blessing over them, blessing over them. All right, I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm going to put my hand up, okay? I'm putting my hand up just to help you put yours up. If you you struggle with, with, with a habit, a sin, an iniquity, a dysfunction, I want you to understand the devil wants you to hide it. He wants you to fig leaf. He wants you to kind of put on the religious facade. And how you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored, Pastor. He wants you to, and he wants you to, because he he'll tell you that if anybody knew that you struggle with that, you struggle with what? Yeah, you introduced me to it, you jack. Anyway, and then he then he rubs your face in it. But what the devil does is he knows that sin thrives in secret. Sin grows in the dark, but the Bible says it's destroyed when we bring it into the light. The Bible says, bring the fruitless deeds of darkness into the light that the light may expose them. This is what the devil does. Before we had digital cameras, we had to have film. And so the devil, you know, he's got you. You know, you're in your in your Blue Steel moments or, you know, in your not-so-proud moments, you got a drink in your hand and you're like, oh, man, what did I do? I believe the sign that says what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. If that's the truth, how come I took it with me and it stains my soul and it plagues my memory, ruined that relationship, ruined that friendship, depleted my bank account, it didn't stay in Vegas, it flippin' followed me everywhere I went. You believe lies. But if you ever open the back of the camera, they'll tell you, don't open the camera, the back of the camera. And then if you take the film out, they'll say, don't expose the film to light. What happens if you expose the film to light? It destroys it. The devil knows he's got all these negatives. He's got all these negatives from your past, trying to tie you to your past. Right now, we're going to open up the altar. And the most powerful thing you can do is literally say, devil, read between the lines. I know that's very, very naughty. As a pastor, I shouldn't do that. I know that. But just tell the devil, you can read between the lines. I'm going to come forward. I'm going to get prayer. I'm not leaving any of your negatives in the dark where they can develop. Where they can develop. They develop in the dark, but they are exposed and destroyed by the light. So would you raise your hand with me? Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, today I declare that I have sin in my life. I have some areas where the devil's got me bound, where the devil's got me trapped. Today I come out of alignment. Today I come out of agreement. I break every one of those things. Heavenly Father, today I bring what's in the dark into the light. I thank you. The Bible says... If I will confess my sin, Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive me for all my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Today, I am going to be forgiven, I'm going to be cleansed, and I'm going to be free. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow.